You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. You want inspiration and uplifting stories? We've got one now. This is Father Richard Kunst coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, and my co-host is... Cindy Jennings, the better one. The better co-host. The better co-host than my other co-host? Maybe. All right. Well, we're coming to you from Duluth. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful day in Duluth right now. We should be outside, but... uh, because I think we've had three of these all year. So anyhow, our, our next guest here is Emily. <clears throat> Emily, uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Holman? Holman. Holman. Okay, mm-hmm. Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So just so the listeners can hear, she's very, very nervous. <laughs> no, she's not. Okay, all right. Go ahead, Emily. <laughs> tell um, us, yeah, just a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, probably what fills my day most right now, I'm a wife. I'm a mom of two. I have a 12-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old son. Um, I run a small business. And I just recently started a nonprofit with two other moms in the area. We're raising awareness for food allergies. We all have food allergy kiddos, and we are raising um, awareness and trying to provide educational resources for the local community. So just back up a little bit. What's your business? Um, I sell and educate people on essential oils and natural products. Really? I know somebody that does that. Yes, we do. (laughs) We should hook you up with somebody that's really into it, almost like a too into it. I know. They (laughs) become best friends and then she wouldn't hang out with me anymore. So don't do that. Oh, okay. All right. She's probably (laughs) listening. So, okay. All right. So you do the, the, the essential oils and, um, uh, so you got two kids, and mm-hmm. um, uh, how long you, you're not Duluth native, are you? No, I was born and raised in Iowa, and Iowa. Okay. went to college there. We after we got married, we moved out to Southern California for a little bit, and then ended up here. Okay, so how long have you been in Duluth for? Um, Twelve. Okay, so it's home. Yeah. You know, I don't think we have any listeners. I don't think Iowa is our part of our listening area. Mm-hmm. No. You know, so well, okay. maybe eventually. So um, uh, so. You started. What denomination were you brought up in? United Methodist. Okay, were you were you guys practicing? Was yep. it practicing? Okay, so yeah. So, like, what did that look like as a practicing Methodist? Going to church, being involved in Sunday school, vacation Bible school, youth group. So, so faith has always been kind of a big yeah. part in your world. Oh yeah. All right. So, so um, uh, what brought you to the idea of? Catholicism. I can guess, but I want you to go ahead and say it. My husband. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So I met my husband in college and I was a member of a Methodist church there and was in the choir and, um, but I started going to church with him too. So, I mean, that's what introduced me more. Where'd you guys go to college? Iowa State. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So St. Thomas Aquinas. Okay. All right. So, so you start dating, you start going to his church. And so, I mean... Obviously, he was a faithful Catholic, mm-hmm. a practicing Catholic. So was there a discussion that you guys had as you started to say, well, we're going to get a little bit more serious about what religion, since you were both serious? Because I have so many different couples in my world that <clears> I deal with that that can be a real clash for them. How would that work out for you? Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it, but I, I knew I wasn't ready to convert at that point. Um, we did end up getting married in the Catholic Church, though, just because of different things that happened with the church, their names that we, the Methodist church that I was a part of, just, I don't know, didn't work out for getting married there. And so we ended up getting married in the Catholic church there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you didn't get, you didn't convert right away. No. So that, that's good. That's a good answer. Cause mm-hmm. I always tell people the dumbest reason to become Catholic is because you're marrying one. So it's yeah. gotta be part of your own journey. I knew, yeah. I knew I wasn't ready. That wasn't the reason. And I was, it was, I was very accepting of being not being Catholic and being married, so we didn't have a full mass at our wedding. 
And the priest there, Father Everett Heeman, he was actually also Garrett's pilot, my husband's pilot instructor, okay. flight instructor. So he was became a part, you know, I don't know. He was a good influence. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, okay. So your husband, so how, how long, let me ask you this. How long were you not Catholic in the marriage? I did not convert until Easter of 2012 when we got married in oh. 2005. Okay, so it was quite a while. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what brought you to that decision? I think I finally felt like it was my decision. It was solely what I was ready to do for me and not because I was doing it for someone else. Um, my son was about to start kindergarten, so I knew that that was coming up. And, of course, we promised to raise our children in the Catholic Church. And um, so... At that point, I knew that I wanted to fully be engaged in the Mass as a family. And I wanted to know what the kids were learning, and I wanted to be involved with that, too. So how did that, how did that sit with you as the active Methodist saying, well, if you marry this guy, you're going to have to bring up your kids Catholic? I mean, was that a, how, how did you approach I mean, when that When that first was presented to you, Because sometimes that turns people off. Like, you, you oh, yeah. know, as the feel guy, like you're, like, As a guy who does, like, what, marriage prep, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a challenging thing for a lot of people. So how, how was that for you? I don't know. I guess it never really bothered me. Garrett was always very faithful and knew, he knew things, which really impressed me. Um, he went to Catholic school for a while, or through sixth grade, and there was, I was always really impressed with how much he knew about his faith and the history, and um, so... I don't know. I knew I knew what I was signing up for. So from 05 to 12, were you going to Mass pretty regularly with them? Um, we would do both. Okay. We were kind of looking around. You know, we would come to different Catholic churches. We would go to Methodist churches. Mm-hmm. We were kind of... So wait a minute. Did you ever come to St. James and say, no, I'm not going to go to that one? I don't believe we ever did. Okay. All right. That's a good answer. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have liked it if you would say, yep, tried it. Not there. No. Okay. So, um, all right. So... Uh, now, obviously, I mean, the reason why I wanted you on is because you, you jumped into Catholicism with both feet, right? I mean, yeah. see, she's, you can tell she's nervous because she's nodding her head on radio. <laughs> People on radio can't see that, Emily. Well, and she kind of, I did, okay, slowly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you, you, I mean, so it's like, because you're, you're very active in the religious ed program mm-hmm. and you're, you're a lector. What are the aspects of yes. the parish life for you? I'm in the choir. Okay. That was the first thing I, I joined. So I'm in the choir. Yeah, you said faith formation. I'm a lector. I'm in um, a women's Bible study that's actually happening right now. I'm oh, not there. Are they listening? No. No. They're wondering where Emily is right No, now. I did tell them okay. before. Uh, I've helped with the, I call them the Mary candles. I don't know what they're called because they're Mary. by the Mary statue. Okay. That, that name is as good as any. <laughs> I love so it. So you help with the Mary candles. the candles. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah but where I mean, I'm needed. Yeah, no, that's great. And so it's like, I mean, I mean, when I, whenever I have a, we, you've probably heard this that converts make the best Catholics. Have you ever heard that before? I have, and mm-hmm. there's truth to that because it's like the people that convert to the faith, they do it. There's an intentionality to it, and then most often, in my experience, I know those are the people that become most active in the faith because they take it most seriously. So, I mean, mm-hmm. say a little bit more about why it's important to you be to be active in your parish community. Um, because I think that's what you should do. And I would, I would say too, that my, my parents exemplify that they are, they are the epitome of service. They're always serving their church. They always were, as I was growing up, they still are. (laughs) And 
I don't know. That's part of, that's what you do when you're in a community. And that's really what I wanted. I couldn't wait to find a place where we belonged, no matter what church it was, so that I could be right. fully involved. I like that attitude. That's what you do, because that's not what most people think. Well. Most people say, no, what you do is go to church on Sunday and then leave as soon as you possibly can, unless they have donuts. <laughs> that's what most people do. But I, but that's the attitude, exactly. So you're part of the, what, 8 to 10% of parishioners that do the 100% of work. Cindy is Why not are you looking in that, at me at? Cindy is not in that percentage. I have four kids by myself. I know, I know. Okay, 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 I'm okay. trying. One I'm day I'm going to impress time. you on that. And She's here. I'm here. It has nothing to do with the parish. <laughs> it does, because I could give your parish a bad name. Our parish. How could you give it a bad name? I don't know. If I was horrible? I don't know. Do you give do you give St. Lawrence a bad name? I don't think so. No, I don't I hope not. Oh, my just, gosh. I just, I she was it. raised better than that. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to bring humor into this. So, what? okay, so of the things that you do for the parish, what do you get most into? What do you, besides the Mary Candles, what do you like most? Uh, I enjoy that. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, what do I get? Yeah, what do I, mean, I like which, which the most? of all the things that you? Because I never met you until I saw it religious. Right. Ed, so I mean, I don't know. I really enjoy. I really enjoy the choir. I've been singing my whole life. I like lecturing more than I thought. Yeah. I'm not as nervous to do that well, anymore. You, you you knocked it out of the park that one. You time should I have saw heard you me lecturing. last week. Really? I might have messed up those names. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's right for Pentecost. <laughs> there was a lot. <laughs> yeah, there was a big ones. Um, but I really, I mean, faith formation too. I mean, selfishly, I'm learning. All the time, right? Now, so some, sometimes in parishes there can be a little there can be a little hiccups, you know. So it's like you know, I mean, I'm not to, not to spread rumors on the air or anything, but but I heard that there's a little bit of a hiccup with the music at St. Lawrence recently. So how do oh. you how do you uh, navigate that? My philosophy on that was that I was there to serve and be a vessel, and so where the music was going, I I would go with it. Right. So that's been and I've been there at the beginning and well not the beginning but before the transition and now still oh, that's so a, that's a great attitude do you mind if i give you registration forms for st james <laughs> i don't know if father anthony would like that very much but, uh so uh we're talking to uh emily holman about a whole bunch of things just about her her catholicism and her conversion and her family experience and uh what do your parents say about this i mean if they're like really active methodists they're super supportive i mean they've never said anything bad <laughs> well that's good do you have any um, siblings yeah i have a brother okay and where's he at he is in illinois no not like literally but literally he's no, in no. <laughs> they go to a lutheran church okay all right mm-hmm. all right so no no because uh, catholics you know obviously it's like we're the we're the scary religion right. for some people so nobody said what are you marrying a catholic or going to the catholic church for no and it was it was a little nerve-wracking because Growing up in a small farm town, you know, there's... You know, yeah, and you know everybody. <laughs> you know everybody, and you know everybody's opinions. <laughs> All right. All the gossip. So. You know, okay. All right. So, uh, as the, the country music song says, everybody dies famous in a small town. Have you ever heard that song? Probably. Okay. No. You know. Well, okay. So, we will be back continuing this conversation with Emily Holman right after this brief break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? 
This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. Listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Father Richard Kuntz along with Cindy Jennings coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota in the gathering space of St. James Catholic Church. Can't get more excited than that. And we are speaking here with... Emily Holman from a uh, a neighboring parish, which is, I will not bring that up as a sin, but it, it's not St. James, but that's okay. We are very ecumenical here on Real Presence Live. And so uh, you had a good question, Cindy, yeah. well, when we were so, off the air. So. Yes, the children. So now that you have the kids, do they know kind of your background and that you weren't Catholic? And then also, not like, are they... Not like you're really shady background. <laughs> no, I <laughs> mean, it still part, brings but... something to it. But, you know, sometimes kids don't realize what our past is like, and sometimes we don't talk about it, you know. And so I, I'm kind of in her, her same boat. I was raised Catholic, but I wasn't a practicing Catholic, and I had other things I was going to outside of the Catholic Church. So it's like, you know, I'm kind of have been in that position before. So I'm just wondering, like, do you share that with them? And then also, are they involved in the church? Do they serve or are they as involved? Are you kind of raising them the same way you were raised? Yeah, I mean, they know. And when we go back home to Iowa, they... We go to church there at the church that I grew up in. Uh, we were actually visiting, and, and my daughter, Lorelai, had a piano lesson. She actually did it virtually and did it in the church that I grew up in, which she thought was Aww. really cool. So they're there, and so they, they actually see and see the way I went to church and grew up because it's it's the same. So they're, they're aware of that. And, I mean, they were there when I was confirmed. They don't probably really remember. Lorelai was almost three, and Everett was almost six. So... They probably don't remember that, but um, right now they don't serve. I think Lorelai is more interested in doing that than ever it is, but they're involved. And I think when things come up during faith formation, since I'm there, 
being a core team leader, I can also share with them and say, you know, I, I didn't have the same kind of teachings you guys are getting. And you're very lucky what you're getting, especially this last year, everything that we did and brought forward to them and all the opportunities they have to ask questions and really dig in. So, yeah, I would love for my 15 year old to want to go more. It's kind of in a, so maybe your kid could talk to my kid. Yeah, your 15 year old. Because <laughs> he's so there unique. sometimes. Like no 15 year old doesn't want to go to church. What are you talking about? It's pretty common. No, he's not I mean, unique. No. <laughs> not, no. To, not to mine. <laughs> right. it's, it's the battle of parenting, isn't yep. it? Um, so now you, so where, you may have already said this, but just to remind you, you went through RCIA, right? Yes. And where was that? Where'd you do At that? St. Lawrence. Oh, so you went right through St. Lawrence. Okay. I did. Yep. So, you know, we join with St. Lawrence now. St. James and St. Lawrence do RCIA together. Did you know oh, that? Okay. Yep. And we open it up to the public. And so it's not just for RCIA. I think it's the best thing we've got going actually in West Duluth is that we, we just is got it a great faith program. formation like that too, or was faith formation? No, always we like just, that? we just started faith formation this past year. We had okay. confirmation the year before that, but now we have all faith formation fifth grade and up or something like that together. Right. I think okay. so. And so, but that's strengthening. I mean, any city our size tend to be doing that more and more to where parishes are not being so parochial or they're joining together with programs. And I'll say that our, 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 our CIA program with St. Lawrence is top-notch. I mean, we have the sisters that right. help out with that and stuff. So, uh, so yeah. But anyhow. Yeah, because it's hard to find good people to do it, right, for each parish. Well, I mean, well, but then I mean, also. Lots of times it's the priest that does most of the teaching, you know. Well, yeah, but don't you guys you know. break out in groups? Because I remember I'm having no. problems finding people to help with. No, we don't break out. Small groups, small groups is a way to show that the teacher hasn't prepared their work. Oh. That's what I always say. Jody did something. I don't remember what okay, it was Okay, anyhow, for. back to the guests. So, so when, <laughs> we, when, when we were talking uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about, I was intrigued by a book that you brought up that you were, that were, that were going to start reading. I, thought, I said, yes, that, that is an incredible book. What was the book called again? The Bones of St. Peter. The Bones of St. Peter. Yeah. And it's like you couldn't put it down, right? I mean, you finished that in a week. No, that's not true. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, that is it's so, so funny. So it, but it is, I mean, so, okay, so tell us about the book. I well, mean, do you do a lot of reading? Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah, so it's probably also the fact that I have like four books I'm reading oh, right now, so no, I jump around. Help. Right, okay. Um, so I have my morning books. I'm reading St. Faustina's Diary. And then I have a Scott Hahn book that okay. my husband gave me for confirmation. Oh, that was a long time ago. Okay, reading. all right. Is that Rome Sweet Rome? Rome Sweet Rome? No, it was all about the sacraments. Okay, all right. Okay. Which actually means more to me now, right, I right, think, okay. than when I first got it anyway. And what are the other two? So I'm reading The Bones of St. Peter and then Radium Girls. Okay, I don't know anything about well, that. I probably don't want to know anything about that. But The Bones of St. It's, it's really good. I'm probably only a quarter of the way in, but it's so... Um, I went to school for anthropology, okay. archaeology, oh, okay, and sure. skeletal forensics, things like no that. No wonder why you like the bones of St. Peter. <laughs> so, well, I got it for my son because he was really, really interested in the Incorruptibles. I would okay, ask sure. Father Ryan all the time when he was yeah, here, yeah, yeah. tell me about this, tell yeah, me about this. So he hasn't read it yet, so I took it from him to start reading. But it's so technical that I have to plod through it, kind of. Which, uh, which one are we? T- which the bones of St. Okay, okay, Peter. All right, all right, I all think right. it's very, it's a little bit more technical. So anthropological, if you say somebody's big bone, is that really a bad thing to say to somebody? No, they probably just have really okay, strong I'm muscle attachments. So, okay, so, okay, so read that book, but don't make it your mor- nighttime book. Okay. Do it your morning, because it's a It'll be my book. morning book. It is, and you should read it before you go to Rome. She's going to Rome with me oh, in October. Okay. It's an incredible book. Right, so, but but anyway, so, anyway, so you, you said a little bit at the beginning about your, um, uh, you're starting a uh, a new nonprofit. Yes. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Sure. 
So myself and two other food allergy moms in the area, we decided we'd done a couple awareness walks in 2018 and 2019. And then with everything that transpired after 2019, we decided to put our efforts into creating our own nonprofit. The walks we'd done before and the funds we'd raised went to a national nonprofit for food allergy research and education. And so we spent the last couple years um, starting our own nonprofit and learning all of that. And we actually just had our very first walk for Aaliyah Project is what it's called on Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Mm. So How'd it go? It was downpouring and it was oh, yeah. cold was. and wet, but you should have known better. Right. You've I been doing it for 12 years. Memorial people Day. showed up. Some people outside of our family, people showed up <laughs> and we raised, we were just together last night writing thank yous and doing receipts. And I think we raised about $7,000 with wow. sponsorships and yeah. local sponsorships and donors. We had a silent auction and, yeah. So is so. this like is this like food allergies in general, or is it a particular right. food allergy? Nope. Okay. In general, so so why? How'd you get interested in it? Because obviously, your mom of a kid with food allergies. Both right? of my kiddos have anaphylactic food allergies. Okay. Um, and then the two other moms, they have at least one child with food allergies. So there's we have all of eight kids together, and five of those eight children have crazy. food allergies. And what is the worst? Is it still peanut butter? You know, it can be. There's a top nine that are the most common, but I mean, you can be anaphylactic to eggs, milk, peanuts, tree nuts. I mean, it doesn't have to be just so, peanuts. So when I was growing up in the bronze age, when I was growing up, I remember my classmates, it's like when I was like in grade school, smaller class, smaller school, one kid had a food allergy and he drank something every time during lunch. I thought, what's that taste like? Does that taste good? But one kid. Right. If I had 25 kids, 30 kids in the class, one kid had a food allergy, but now it's like super count. What's, right. what's the cause? What's that all about? I can't answer that question, but there's there's tons of theories, tons of theories about the different way that we started eating more mm-hmm. packaged foods. There's there's lots of controversial kinds of stuff. <laughs> ideas about it too. So. so so what other events, so this non-profit uh, that you're doing now, what other events are you doing? Does it have a name? Aaliyah Project oh, yeah, you said, is the it, name. Does I it did. have a website? It does. Okay. Aaliyahproject.org. Okay. And, and Aaliyah is the names of our kids. So it's Alex, okay. Lorelai, oh, Everett, Ian, cool. and Ava. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. All right. That's pretty cool. So uh, what's what's on the horizon for for the Aaliyah Project? Well, getting through this event was <laughs> step one. And we will ha- we're just trying to have presence in the community. We're going to be at Festival by the Lake in July just to have a presence and let people know that that we exist and we're out there for resources. And our first step, because we've been gathering information from the community, is to hopefully get into local school districts and just start educating at, at appropriate levels, okay. educating students, educating staff on just what what it looks like, what an allergy is, you know, what why kids eat different or why they can't participate in the birthday party at the school. Is there or... a void for something? I mean, is, it, is, is, that, is your nonprofit kind of filling a void out there? There are a lot of resources out there, but a lot of people don't know how to find it. When we were diagnosed, it felt like the wild, wild west of what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we, how do we feed our kids and what do we watch for and what do we do? And so another big void, I think in this area is just, bringing parents together or bringing 
children together mm-hmm. that feel like so that they feel like they're not alone or they feel like they can share information. I met an 18 year old at our walk, and he had never met anybody else with an anaphylactic food allergy. Really? So we talked to him and connected with him, and so that that made it all worth it to me. And these food allergies are changing everything because it's like you can't get peanuts on airplanes anymore, right? Right. I mean, it's crazy. Well, and I'd like him to maybe have more food type stuff, especially in the fast food industry. Like just something that's more, just stuff more allergy allergy friendly. Right. More options because it's like I can't go to hardly anything and. So yeah. Why, do you have nice. a food allergy too? I I don't now. Like I kind of reset my gut health, but I still try to stay away from those things, and it's hard because they're so, everywhere. So I mean, gluten is everywhere, and peanuts it, are always combined with in, lots of other stuff. In my so. in my last assignment, you know, I had a school as well, and there was a kid that really had bad allergies, and the parents actually gave me an EpiPen. Yeah, I so mad, yeah. bad wanted to use that one time. But I mean, not to, I didn't want somebody to have. I just wanted to be able. To, I didn't want somebody to get sick or anything. But I just wanted to be able to stab. You wanted to be somebody. the hero. Yeah. Well, no, no. I just want to say. I just want to. Yeah. I just. I mean. I have some it, old ones. If you want to, like, can I use it? Put on it you? in. No. No. But I can give you an orange. Or, no. <laughs> if it's no. expired, try it anyways. I just always thought. Have you ever had to use an uh, yes. pen? So yep. what, you just stick somebody with Whenever it. Whenever it was too. Yep. Right in the upper thigh. Okay. Upper thigh. Stick it in there. Can't be anywhere else. Well, that's. That's the meatiest part. That's where you want to put it. You don't want it to okay. hit bone or anything. Right, right. Okay. All right. I'll have to remember that. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, okay. So, uh, thanks, Emily. I, she's shaking <laughs> her head again. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, so what's on the... We, we've only got a minute left, Emily. So, what, do you have okay. any last words of wisdom? Oh, my goodness. No. You want to <laughs> say, you wanna say hi to anybody? Ask questions. I'll say hi to my mom and dad. Because they were going to try to Is your husband going to listen to this later, you think? Probably. Do you want to say hi to him? Okay. Hi, Garrett. How about your kids? <laughs> and hi to my kids. They're not going to listen to this. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. That's Emily Holman from uh, now St. James Parish. <laughs> and uh, no, but thank we're you very much. recruiting you. Thank you very much, Emily, for coming and sharing your story. I like the story of the, uh, you know, the, the, the conversion experience and then going right back into the, you know, your Catholic faith two feet in. And so thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been Thank good you. having you. Yeah. After this brief break, we'll have our next guest, Monica Hendrickson, who is a head of the Vatican Unveiled here in Duluth. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 